there, I'm Karen Sander. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly, a program for the over 50s, those uniquely wonderful baby boomers. My aim is to educate, motivate and inspire you to embrace the exciting journey of life for decades to come. So stay tuned to meet a variety of guests who will share their stories and passions to help us gain insight into the ways to live a happier, healthier life. Welcome everyone to the Aging Fearlessly show. Oh, a few months ago, I'm going to say a year and a half ago, in October 2019, I met a wonderful woman who flew over the ditch to Australia and it was one of her very last visits. Um, There was something that starts with C, a big C, not a cancer, but anyway, something stopped everyone from crossing the ditch. So my guest today is Ali Cook, a country and western singer and She's managed, because of this little bubble that's been created between New Zealand and Australia, she's here in the studio. So welcome, Ali. Yes, I've flown in on the bubble and I'm back after 15 months away. And I I just can't believe that I'm actually back. It's, um, It's been a big journey and boy, has the world changed since we were sitting opposite each other. Oh my gosh. So many things have happened, haven't they? And uh, you're here with Therese today and uh, it's great to have you here. And even the studio, there was a long time we weren't allowed in the studio. Yes, yeah. And I had to learn to podcast and do radio via Zoom. And you know what? It's not the same. No, it's not quite the same with Zoom. I I think we've all – what was Zoom? We'd never heard of Zoom 15 (laughs) months ago either. And that's how we've conducted business, how we've conducted interviews, how we've spoken to each other and communicated. But it is not the same as being face-to-face. It is not the same as a warm embrace and, hi, I haven't seen you in a while. And, you know, um, something with human contact, you – you know, that's not replaceable with a screen, I'm afraid. No, and we are human. And part of being human is being social beings and a hug and a and yeah. just that contact and yeah. that warmth and that hand on your back every now and again is all that, you know, those hugs from the people that you really care about that mean a lot. And, yeah, we've missed it. Yeah, we have. So it's been difficult for us in the music industry and – um but, you know, we've had our ups and downs. I, I certainly, like, as I work as an artist as well as a tour coordinator and event manager and stuff, so um, I was in the middle of what had just been working on an Andy Kim tour, so Andy Kim people would know for Rock Me Gently. He's a, a mm-hmm. boomer-loved person. <laughs> um, and we were bringing him over from Canada with his band, and I had a whole theatre tour through New Zealand and then club tour in through Australia and... Uh, yeah, that COVID hit and we had to cancel the entire thing. And, but I considered us really fortunate at the time because we didn't have it to sale, you know, whereas there were other promoters that were to sale already and had sold a lot of tickets and they had to refund and, uh, you know, and, and you felt sorry when you were ringing these theatres because you knew that every promoter in the country was actually cancelling every show and these theatres and all the people that worked in them would, would no longer be working and... Uh, you know, all elements of our industry, road crew, lighting people, staging people, everybody has suffered. Mm. But it was interesting because I do publicity with Therese here in New- in Australia. We have um, Key to Artist Promotions and we service uh, radio with singles from independent 
country and blues artists and, and different different genres actually. And um, our work, I, I thought that we would be, oh, that would be it. It would be all over. And it doubled. We actually ended up with double the work because artists could no longer play live. The only choice they had was to play live on Facebook or something <laughs> and deliver a so- song to radio via email and have a DJ put it together on their podcast from home because none of the DJs could go into the stations. There was maybe one engineer that was coming into the station that was loading everybody's stuff. And, and so it was a totally different time, but we, we got very busy. Mm. So it was, it was quite how some facets got, got busy, you know. I suppose the people that made masks and worked in those factories got very busy. So, yeah, it was interesting because, uh, yeah. you know, I know a few artists that ended up on, you know, JobKeeper and fortunately yep. they could end up on JobKeeper. So thanks to our government here, some people managed to survive and at least have something coming in to pay the bills. But, you know, I know of other artists that were um, collaborating with other entertainers and rewriting albums and doing new albums. And, I mean, they've come out. One one guy, I, I just heard from him, his mother yesterday, he he just launched a new album yesterday. And, yeah. uh, and it's really exciting because for the first time in a year, something they've actually done has made it out there, which is, yeah. you know. And when, when you're used to people, tell me about this, when you're used to being in front of people, and you're then faced with not that contact of an audience, is that difficult? Now, that's really interesting because, of course, in New Zealand, we had a very harsh lockdown at the beginning. She locked the entire country, the Prime Minister <laughs> locked the entire country down. Like, and I mean, there was no takeaways open for four weeks. There was no, no restaurants, no nothing. One person allowed to the supermarket, police stopping you on the road if you went off your property or out to check that, you know, if you, if you're more than one person in the car, you were pulled up. Like, why is there two of you in the car? Um, that sort of deal. Uh, so it was very, very harsh lockdown, and that meant that we got back to a normal, a normalcy a lot quicker than a lot of other countries. Mm. So, like in December, for example, um, I played my first festival back, and I've got to tell you that when I was in front of that audience, I just, I just went, oh, I almost cried. I just went, yeah. I sort of came out to the microphone, just looked at everyone, and went, I feel so incredibly thankful to actually have you in front of me. Like, I feel so thankful to actually be able to do this. I never thought I would be so thankful. And same, I played with a festival in March, and it was the Waira Rapper Country Music Festival, and the mayor came on stage in Waira Rapper, and he said he had Googled everywhere for that night, and he said we were the only country music festival happening that night in the world. And it was like there I was playing in front of two or three thousand people that were out there because we had we were back to our normal freedoms, and um, it just felt you just felt really it felt really different to have an audience in front of you. And you ask anyone who's been you know through this last year that's been has managed to play in front of an audience again, and it is awfully strange. Like and you feel like. Oh, I'm so lucky, I'm so lucky. You know, I'm so lucky to be able to play to an audience. You just, you felt thankful when you got back there. Yeah. yeah. It's really strange sort of a thankfulness, you know. Yeah, I've spoken to a few comedians lately that I know and they've said, you know, it's it's really, like I can't even do anything because I just want to sit, you know, I just want to be there with an audience. It's um, yeah. It's really strange being, doing something that requires an audience yeah. to not have an audience. Yeah, well, it's it's the same when you play live. I mean, I did a little bit of playing live, the odd song here and there, 
um, during lockdown and it's just not the same singing to a computer screen even though, <laughs> you know, you can see people going bing, bing, their little love hearts or whatever and their little comments and yay and stuff. It's still, it's still weird, you know, it's very weird. You almost feel like you need an audience applause button or something that you hit so it feels like normal or something. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it's... Um... Stuff we take for granted. It, it was just, like, that's the thing, I think, was that, when I got out there and got to play, I was like, oh my gosh, I had just taken for granted how how fortunate we are to have an audience, you well, know. Um, yeah. None of us ever really anticipated anything like this. No. I, I mean, the last time I saw you was just before all that happened and I I never would have thought that anything like this was coming our way. And, and unfortunately... As much as I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, I, I don't. I think we're a long way from over. Before we cut and talk about one of your new songs, I wanted to talk about. Like I've always called, or I've started calling, what we've just had the year of limbo. You know, because yeah. whatever plans you make in the back of your mind, there you've got going. Well, well, let's do this, but let's be aware we may not be doing this because this might happen and we're all at home. And and for those on the northern beaches here, they would realise that, you know, or they know that their Christmas was completely put on hold. Um, And I know many of them are going to do Christmas in July here for last Christmas because they just didn't get to celebrate with friends or family. Yeah. Five in a home or some places ten. And it was really, really tough for them. Um, But there's an article I read this week by a guy called Adam Grant. And, you know, psychologically, he's put out the term languishing. And it's very similar to to limbo. And it's a condition where we're not depressed, but things are depressing. And it is just like we just don't know. Um, and it's a very long article and worth a read if you can get yeah. hold of it. It's yeah. by Adam Grant. But yeah. it's um, it, he, he's trying to explain what we've been through and well, how people are affected. Yeah, it's still in the music industry, for example, as a promoter now. Um, and that's how we ended up starting this record company is we couldn't pick up the Andy Kim tour that we'd had to cancel because we can't bring him back. And even to a certain extent, it's quite nerve-wracking what I've just done. And a few people have actually gone, you must be crazy getting on a plane and going to – you'll get stuck over there, you know. Like, <laughs> and, I went, and, and actually the Prime Minister said, just letting you all know the bubble's open, but it's flyer beware, you know. So you fly to Australia, if something happens, you've got to be prepared that you may be stuck there. Now, that's okay for me because I have Therese and I have various people that mm. if, if I did get stuck here, I've got people's places that – I could go and mm-hmm. hang out at and, and be all right. But that's still difficult um, if you were coming and staying in hotels. Now, when I got to get on the plane, the bubble opened on the 19th and I flew in on the 22nd. And I fully expected there to be a full plane. And I got to the gate and I went, where is everybody? <laughs> and actually there was only 100 people on the plane. And I had three free seats and it was like one person by the window all the way up. So there is still a fear, even though our bubble is open. I don't know how much our bubble being open, and I think it'll take a while for people to feel confident enough to get on a plane um, Mm. and and actually go and fly over to Australia and vice versa. 
people certainly family who haven't seen grandchildren who've been born mm. and there's just all these amazing stories they're getting on the planes but it's a slow start it's not like you it's not like you would expect uh, the door opens and there's a rush for the gate no way is it like that? And in fact, I thought, is this just me on my flight? And then two days after I got here, Air New Zealand announced they were cutting flights that they'd actually booked. And uh, if, if uh, Teresa's ex-husband was actually off to New Zealand and they had moved his flight because they'd cancelled another flight that he was on and combined them all on one flight. So it's not actually rocketing off to help our tourism industry to a great thing because people have got that that limbo thing like it's a limbo it's a fear thing it's mm. you, you you can't plan and and in our our business like even um trying to be able to plan an event you know you're too scared to plan a tour because what if there's one person comes down with it and you've planned a tour you're back to where i was in in november or december january cancelling yeah. an entire tour so it's like it's yeah. very people are very scared to start to do things, so I think it's gonna take quite a bit to get people to kind of begin to try and get back to normalcy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, too. I got a shock when I saw how few were on the plane, and then I've been thinking about that a lot since getting here. It sounds like my dream flight back from Europe when I could. <laughs> I wish there was three seats next to me. It was. I actually had a little lie down and put the <laughs> put the put the um you know the the armrests up. Yeah. Well, you've been busy. Prize ribbons. Yeah, so so we decided to run a record company. I'll probably talk about Jerry a bit first, actually. Um, and what happened was um, the person who had had me doing the tour said, let's start a record company, and this was eight weeks ago. And he said, I'm friends with Jerry Beckley from the band America, you know, the guy that wrote Sister Golden here and I Need You and sung You Can Do Magic and all those great hits. And he's putting out a solo album called The Best of Jerry Beckley. Because unbeknown to me, he'd done eight solo albums on top of America. Very prolific songwriter. And so eight weeks ago, he said, let's start a record company. I'm going to give you X amount of budget. Go and license that album. Get it distributed in Australia and New Zealand. And that's what I've been working on for eight weeks. And then I came, as we were getting close to time, I was arranging interviews for him both sides of the Tasman and uh, the 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 owner of the company turned around and he said, well, if you want to go to Australia, we can withstand that within the budget if you think you'll do a better job from over there and meet Jerry and take him, take him away, um, you know, take him around to the, uh, to the media engagements. And I, I think it took me about 0.4 of a second to go, yes, I'm out of here. <laughs> Everyone said, you're crazy. Um, and so I booked to come over. And it's interesting because Jerry has actually been in Sydney and he, for the last eight years, has been married to a Sydney lady. And so they've come back and forth, you know, with families both sides of uh, both in America and here. And, of course, lockdown they decided to do here. And all of his America, he was in the middle of a 50-year anniversary tour um, of America. And that got canned in the middle. And he decided to come Bang. to Australia. And he's been here uh, not doing any touring or any playing for 12 months. So... He, it is starting back up in June for him. He's going back to the United States. but So I had a window to promote this album. So I was really over here to promote this album. And I thought, oh, I might as well release another single off my own album while I'm here and run around and see all my, my friends in radio because we deal with our people in radio all the time with other artists. And, yeah, so chose Prize Ribbons off the album to release. And tell us about Prize Ribbons. Yeah, so that's an interesting story in itself because – 
Alongside of music, I've been involved in horses for many, many years. So I rode and and had competitive horses in the early 2000s when I had my children. I sort of went back to riding when I met my husband and we bred and trained and sold show jumpers. And so we sold like a show jumper to the King of Bahrain in 2009 Mm. and we exported horses around and then my back started to get really bad and so I got to a point where I couldn't get off the horse without collapsing to the ground at the same time the music thing was starting to come in and um the doctor said you know if you gave up riding your your back will last longer (laughs) um so so I decided I'd just stop riding and and just get into the music and and just slowed down the breeding and training operation and so roll forward I was writing music for the for the third album and I went to I needed my curtain tie, you know, I couldn't find the curtain tie that ties the curtain, so I grabbed a ribbon, I grabbed oh. a prize ribbon, and I went, oh, that's right, prize ribbons tie the curtains now, you know, So, and so that line came, and I went, oh, oh, I could write this all about giving up riding, and and I took the song to Alan Caswell in the Blue Mountains, who mm-hmm. most people will know Alan mm-hmm. for writing uh, On the Inside, mm-hmm. um, which was the theme of Prisoner, he's a good friend of mine, and we worked on the song together and he introduced Henry into the picture that was like made it about a couple where the couple had been into horses their whole life and Henry had passed away and she was carrying on the legacy and so we made a story out of it which country music is always a story and um, so it was a story about a couple and, and generations and Anybody that knows anybody with horses knows it's a real dedicated life. When you're into it, you're up at 5 a.m. feeding your horses and you're working them every morning and then you're you know, you're turning up and changing their covers and you're doing all the stuff and horse shows. It's very involved. It's a life that you live. And um, and so I stopped that life and so that that this song is about that. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I relate to the prize, the, the horses and the prize, um, prize ribbons because I – Rode Jim Carners for many years. Oh, and there you go. Your your ribbons might have been silkier than ours, but ours were made on felt usually. A, right, a felt. Yeah, and we used to sew them together and make rugs for the house. You know, that's it's right. Like, <laughs> so they're lying around everywhere. I just picked one. <laughs> just picked one of them up and used it to tie the curtains, and and a song came from it. <laughs> well, I think ours um, were eaten by the moths. But yeah. here in Terry Hills. There's a lot of horses and track, like there's yeah. a lot of horse riders up here. Yeah. And you see them in the shops over there with their horsey gear on and yeah. the, cow, the horse manure, not the cow manure, the horse manure on the boots and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, they'll totally get the song. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So it does, you know, you talk about horses. I mean, one of my favourite things is rubbing the hand on their neck and that oh, smell of the horse. I still go out. I know that's really like, that's not, people go, really? And I go, there's nothing like the smell. There is nothing like the smell of a horse. And I still got a couple of old lawnmowers, I call them. They're all just old lawnmowers, the leftover, you know, a couple of old brood mares, the, the leftovers that I've just kept, you know, around the paddock. And yeah, I love going up and giving them a hug. And yeah, that smell of horse, like, mm, horse yeah. smell. Well, my sister's like you, though. She um, she does a bit of work for riding for the disabled yep. up on the North Coast and just feeding their horses. She can't ride anymore. Her back's yeah, shot yeah, from lower. Just basically lower back. We we do our lower back, and I th- and I think we do it when we're really young, just from when we've got those forming, developing bones, and we're out there show jumping and riding and doing dressage, and we damage our back back then. I think, and, and yeah. we we weren't for the first year of our riding allowed to ride with a saddle. 
oh, that right. was learned bareback. And right. then we'll think about giving you a saddle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, you had to earn it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so let's listen to Prize Ribbons. Prize Ribbons, tie the curtains now. There's dark weed in the old corral Though in her heart she's young enough to ride As she looks across the fields at dawn The old broodmare's in the morning sun But it hasn't been the same since Henry died They used to breed some champions then She feels the memories creeping in She looks up at a saddle on the wall Henry never liked the grace But she bought him anyway And Phantom, he was the greatest of them all They lived their life through horses and horses were their life Always equal partners Always man and wife As she feeds the grandkids ponies It always makes a smile it means the story goes on for a while Prize ribbons hang their old and new In different shades of red and blue And each one tells a story of its own She led Phantom in the ring Phantom won the whole damn thing That's the day the legend here was born listening to Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. What a great song, Ali. Thank you so much. Really loved it. Thank you. What have you got planned now? You're here doing this tour. 
when do you go back across the ditch if I, you can get back? It looks good. It's looking good at the moment. It's looking good. It's looking good. Perth was scaring me for a bit there, but um, but it seems to be okay at the moment. So um, yeah, so I'm just really taking Jerry around and doing these media engagements and um, getting that all done and um, and then getting on to a little bit of writing. I'm going to go and do a little bit of writing for a few days um, at. At Asquith, where I where I recorded the the first album, and and get into you know starting to think about another album, starting to record some new songs and write some new songs, and yeah, and that's it, pretty and pretty much, and and just working on working on this release with Jerry Beckley and keeping the light on um, and getting it out there is a whole lot of raft of work around that. It's mm. a beautiful album, and just yeah, I, I mean I'm just very proud to be working with someone of that standing. So. Mm. So while you were in lockdown, what what did you do? <laughs> now I some people complained about lockdown, but I loved lockdown. I loved it because in New Zealand there was no planes overhead. I live in the mm. top of the South Island in New Zealand, so I see those planes going from Auckland to Christchurch, and I see the ones that go from Wellington to Sydney. And there was just you were just looking up, and the sky was just a blue like I've never seen it. You know. No cars out on the road, no trucks, no sound of anything. Not. I do live in the country, but you can still hear the highway in the distance, and that disappeared. And it was just so quiet. And I did lockdown um, with my husband and my daughter. My son was in Wellington, and my other son in Christchurch. And um, we got up. We started sleeping with the biorhythms. So we started Ooh. going to bed when it was dark, and getting up when it was first light. And we made. I'm sure we put on a ton of weight. Um, <laughs> We made big breakfasts every morning, and we cooked different um, different vegetarian. Because I'm a vegetarian, so we booked, cooked different vegetarian breakfasts every morning. And, um, and then I just decided that I'd get into the veggie garden, and I and I always had a bit of an okay veggie garden, but I went all out. Right, I thought this world could go crazy. I want to make sure I've got food stores, a root cellar full of food, you know, preserves, everything. And I just went all out, and I. We built three greenhouses. Greenhouses. I got <laughs> a tropical. Go I got a tropical heated greenhouse. So I went to visit my friend when lockdown was over, and he lives in the very far north of New Zealand. And I brought back all this exotic stuff from his garden. So pineapples, banana pups, like all the stuff. Put it in this greenhouse. Dragon fruit. Started all these weird and crazy things. And I and I live where there's frosts in the winter. So now my husband's over there cranking the fire. <laughs> Cranking the fire up, we've got a little fireplace we put in one greenhouse with a little chimney out of it, so we, we run the fireplace and it's heating a bath full of hot water that we just leave there and that keeps warmth in the greenhouse and keeps moisture in it. That's very and innovative. Yeah, so so we got that going on uh, and we grew potatoes. I grew 25 kilograms of potatoes, so we, potatoes, I grew pumpkins about 30, 40 pumpkins, so we've got pumpkins for the rest of the year. Um, I grew seed crops, I grew beans, and I've got like a got like a preserving jar full of bean seeds for next year that, you know, sort of, yeah, and freezers full of beans and full of tomatoes, grew so many tomatoes, I brewed tomatoes, preserved tomatoes, made tomato sauce, made big things of red beetroot, like, yeah, the root cellar's just like, tight. oh yeah, big chunky red beetroot with like balsamic vinegar and vinegar and kind of like my yeah, dad used to star anise and stuff like that and it do that yeah big jars of that so and we love that we love eating that so it's like 
um, basically, and what's happened now is the grocery bill's really small. Oh, isn't we it just, amazing? You know, we just, we're eating everything out of the garden. We have lettuce going all the time and baby carrots. When I left home, I weeded everything out, so it all, should be all right till I get back, you know. I literally laughed when you said we've got enough um, pumpkins for the next, and I went, what, the, the rest of your life? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. We give a few away as well, but you the know, the barter uh, system is it coming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swap you... it for. Yep, been swapping that, doing that for you Cashless know some fruit for other people that are actually got you know. Uh, my friend up the road, she's got she had grapes and and uh, she had uh, peaches, and we swapped them for apples and kiwi fruit and stuff that we had. And then what I did was I put in a food forest. Um, so then put in this forest that you. I already had some things in place, like a massive kiwi fruit vine and. And, and some fruit trees, and I've just now put in this kind of fruit forest that you can wander through, and it's cranberries and raspberries and boysenberries and growing vines everywhere, and yeah. Sounds amazing. I'm sidetracked. <laughs> One of my friends makes tomato passion fruit jam. Oh, wow. So that would be he, awesome. He's in his 80s, and he bought me over a jar during I lockdown, because I spent most of lockdown last year at my mother's on the north coast yeah which just recently flooded for the first time in 50 years and it was going on the market two days later anyway long and the short of it he bought me over some i said you can't make tomato and passion fruit jam and he said yeah it's beautiful so he bought me over a jar and i lived on that for a week or so with toast was nice yeah it's quite funny how you can can combine tastes like that. My father used to have jam and onion sandwiches. Now I know that sounds really weird, but the jam sweetness actually cancelled out the nastiness of the onion, and it's actually really nice. Like it's really in the middle. Weird. It is you know? very weird. But you know, all those sauces that you made with tomatoes—how yeah. great for pizzas. Yeah, homemade pizza. Yeah, absolutely. And and now I just got—I've got freezer bags full of. Um, you know, tomatoes, so I grew all herbs and everything and, and lots of garlic, like great big strings full of garlic. I've got enough to plant this year's garlic and enough garlic to last a year. So um, lots of garlic and, 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 you know, herbs and basil and stuff and then freeze it into a bag, freeze it flat on a tray so that they stack up nicely and you just take that out and put it in a pot and hey presto, you got That's pasta. amazing. Tell us about... Heart I'm your slave. heart slave. Heart slave, yeah. So uh, I'm your heart slave is the single from the album. So Jerry Beckley, people who know America, you know, like um, Sister Golden here and I Need You and um, uh, You Can Do Magic and Horse With No Name oh. and just like, you know, there were so many hits, Muskrat Love, um, Tin Man, they just go on and on and on. There were so many hits and, you know, songs of a baby boomer generation, actually, you know, Jerry Beckley. So, I'm uh, right in the midst of that one. And I am just scraped in in 1963. So, um, yeah, so beautiful songs. And outside of that, he's done eight solo albums, just Labours of Love, you know, and... This album is taken from those eight albums, but he also did two collaborative albums with Carl Wilson of the Beach Boys and um, Robert Lamb of Chicago. And so there's a track on there that's the three of them and, uh, you know, lots of amazing musicians because he has that all at his fingertips. But if you love America as a band, you will absolutely love this album because it actually just, you know, it sounds like America, but it's different. And... Mm. um, 
but it, it has that sound because Jerry has that distinctive voice. You know, you can do magic. The guy that's sung that, you can kind of like, you, you just know his voice when you hear it. Mm. And so, yeah, it's a lovely album. It's 20 tracks. And he's also an avid photographer. So the um, the booklet is a 16-page booklet that's inside it. So it's a, it's a sort of a nice physical product and um, full of his artwork of his photographs and things that he's taken. So it's a really, it's a little work of art, you know. Um, and, and I think for some baby boomers still like to hold a, hold a CD in their hand and have a booklet to read um, and and have new music from an artist that they've loved that's music has meant so much to them. That's what I love about this is it's a legacy artist releasing new music. Have you got a favourite on this that's your favourite as well? Um, I love I'm Your Heart Slave and I love Watching the Time, which is the song um, that is, was done by Carl Wilson, who's no longer with us from the Beach Boys, and Robert Lamb from Chicago. There, that's a lovely song as well. I'm your heart slave. There's another song called Emma that's beautiful as well. Just every song on there is just a gem, you know. The guy's so prolific. And then while he's been here in lockdown, he's done another couple of albums with. Oh, as you do. As you do. <laughs> It's just like, yeah, I'll just whip out another couple of albums. Yeah. <laughs> when you're that prolific, he's done 30 albums. So 30 albums with America, eight solo albums and two collaborative albums. And he's uh, 69 this year, I think. Yeah. Oh, I'm four years younger than him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's listen to I'm Your Heart Slave by Jerry Beckley.
To Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. I'm in the studio today with Ali Cook from New Zealand. She's here. She's escaped, just in case you're wondering. We're not talking across the ditch by Zoom. We're actually talking. We're in the same room. <laughs> anyway... It's very exciting to be in the same room with someone else and interviewing them because we haven't had a huge amount of luxury with that this year. You mentioned Tamworth. Yeah, so, you know, that being cancelled last year, it was like we waited and that was that whole thing you'd wait and think, oh, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Is it going to happen? And then it didn't happen for the first time in, my gosh, 49 years. For the first time in 49 years, it didn't happen. And... um so that you know that meant it wasn't coming back, and it's sort of it's been like that all the way through. I think for artists, um, we had that at the beginning where people had albums that they just recorded at the beginning of COVID, and then it was like, oh, we'll just wait till COVID's over. And it's like two months later, they're like, oh, it doesn't look like it's going to be over. No, it's not. You might as well release that album and push it out there. You know, so it's um, it's that hesitancy, isn't it? So um, hopefully, Tamworth will be on this year. Mm. Fingers crossed. Yeah, so this year or January oh, sorry. 2022? Begging your pardon, yes. January 22 would be um, the 50th anniversary. So, so 10 minus one that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, well, they sort of did. They yeah. did the Golden Guitars still and they did some sort of stuff online and had some socially distanced people inside a theatre and actually did a concert that they filmed. But, yeah, it didn't really happen as the... As you know, the real... hundreds, thousands of people up the street and, yeah, that didn't mm. happen. And Tamworth's such a great town. Oh, I felt very sad for Tamworth because, you know, it nets millions of dollars from that festival. It's one of the biggest festivals in the Southern Hemisphere of any music festival. So it's just to have your town not have that happen mm. when it's an integral part of every year that they build up to. It must have been very difficult for them. Mm. So, Ali, last time we got together, you played live. Yeah. You went live. Red Dirt Road Trip. 
Yeah. So that's kind of like, I, it was funny when I took off from New Zealand at the airport, my my album is on the Air New Zealand in flight program still, which Ooh. I was pleased to actually see it was still there. I call it Earn, Earn While You Fly, and so is the music video for that song. Because <laughs> um, I put it on, I thought, oh, I'll put it on. Cause, and then I actually, as I was coming down into Sydney and I started to see the land come into view, I was like, oh, I sort of felt a bit tearful actually as I flew over the Harbour Bridge. It was like, I never thought I'd make it back here, you know. And I put on Red Dirt Road Trip on my headphones as we were landing because to me that's my song about how I feel about Australia and, and rolling the window down and you know my face and the big I, I affectionately call it the big red sandpit because <laughs> I've been lucky enough to go out to places like Uluru and go up to the Kimberley and, and see you know many corners of this great country from the 1980s through to now um, in my many many times over here and times that I've lived over here and um, Red Dirt Road Trip's really about that it's really about every time I come here there's a there's a road trip somewhere, although this time it's just been around Sydney. But um, I hope to get back out into the middle again one day. And it's everybody, if people are listening, if you've not been to Uluru and you've not been to the Kimberley, you, you need, as an Australian, you need to go there once in your life and mm. actually and, and actually be part of that. Uh, it's, it's a very, very special place. And this music video that went with the song, I. I filmed out there in, in the East McDonnell Ranges, just outside of Alice Springs. It's, it's um, yeah, it's fabulous. Mm. I live in a pretty place, but you have a vast, beautiful place in the planet. Gave to be isolated, both places are. And I think wherever you go, there's some beautiful places to see. We are very unique. You are very unique. Yeah. I've been to Alice. I haven't been to The Rock. I haven't done the Kimberleys yet. This year I am trekking because I'm supposed to be in Mongolia in June trekking, but I'm doing the Warren Bungles in oh. northern New South Wales. So I'm very excited. Oh. There'll be a bit of red dirt out there, I think, too. I love it's, that. It's, it's just fantastic, it's, you know, the big red sandpit. You've well, got a big red sandpit to play in. Yeah, we, we all try to find these wonderful places overseas to visit, but we've got just as many in our own backyard. And part of all of this, that big C word, has made us look at what we have yeah. at our own doorstep. Same in New Zealand. It's been the same. It was very interesting. I live in a tourist region that was really frequented by overseas tourists. And the one overarching comment out at the Abel Tasman National Park from Aucklanders that came down was, I never knew we had beaches like this, <laughs> you know, yeah. because they just had gone off to Australia or they'd gone off to somewhere every every break and they'd never actually come down and seen all our gorgeous, you know, empty golden beaches with blue water and stuff and they just didn't know we had that because they'd never bothered to come down and look. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is amazing. So let's have a listen to Red Dirt Road Trip by Ali Cook. In the room with me right now.
welcome back. You're listening to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. To find out more, go to the website rnb.org.au. Well, Ali, I think it's time for you to go. <laughs> it's been wonderful to have you here. Oh. And please don't take so long next time. I'm, I'm hopeful that we can keep crossing over. Um, and some, t- you know, I've mentioned to you that I have a, an, a live event called Story Room. I was, I'd love you to come and tell a story and oh, do your guitar and do that. that. I'd love to come yes. and do that. It sounds like such a great idea and it sounds like it's very popular. So um, I, I would love to come back and, and do a Story Room with you. It It'd would be great. Be- it, you, it would delight the audience. I can see them all now just going, you know, they're so quiet and they're listening and they're, they're listening for yep. those little gems from someone's story and you would be perfect. Okay, well, we'll do that next time. So there's a, we'll take a rain check for this time. Next time I come back, we'll do that. And thanks very much for having, having oh, me on the you, show again. It's always great to chat. You are more than welcome. I, I just love it being live here with you. You've such, got such a wonderful personality. You're so warm. You're so you. generous. Your music's absolutely wonderful. And with that, goodbye to the listeners. And until next time. Thank you and bye. So this is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Aging Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, ageing is inevitable and growing old is a choice. The sun is shining bright outside There's a sparkle in your eye It's not all nine to five It's a wonderful life Let's go and climb mountains high Swim across oceans wide Let your heart be alive.